Hello, we are here with Sandra Sabine, who will be speaking with us about using creativity as a self-care tool for managing anxiety and stress in teens. I'm Miss Cynthia, and I will be your host. Sandra Sabine has been leading arts and healing workshops, trainings, and retreats for over 20 years. As the creator and founder of Creative Rhythms Trademark Programs, she has inspired thousands of participants to step into their creative pathway through art, rhythm, and mindfulness practices. Sandra's TEDx talk, The Art of Letting Go, which is an awesome TED talk. I'm going to surprise, I'm going to encourage you to watch that inspires an adjusted view of self-expression through art and music which evokes a desire to experience creativity as a self-care practice and to let go of the outcome through being present welcome sandra and thank you so much for being with us thank you so much for having me i'm very excited to have this conversation are you ready to begin absolutely Okay, I'm so glad that you're here. Now, here's my first question. Like music, art is a universal language. It allows us to create pieces or objects as a way to express ourselves. And now it's being used across industries and across disciplines like education, for instance. And it's also used in a variety of ways. What I'd like to do, what I'd like to ask you to do is explain for us in greater detail the difference between a standard art class and an expressive art class. Mm, my pleasure. So uh, I've been, as you as you said earlier, I've been running um, standard art classes mm -hmm. uh, for um, over 20 years now. So that's painting and drawing in any medium. Just like you would imagine, um, you bring your art bag and some canvases and there's a teacher that provide some instruction on how to start and how to progress and um, how to build your skill in a creative outlet. Um, that's, that's your standard art class. You know, there's different mediums too and crafts and uh, so, so it's really about learning the process, learning the skill and, and, and you're hoping that your product is, uh, is, is coming out in a way that you're proud of it and you want to share it. Now that's creating art. Art is creating something from an idea you have, a concept that you have, and producing it in a way that you want to share it. That's, that's the definition of art. So uh, expressive arts is, uh, is a different experience, but it's also a different way of offering it as a teacher or a facilitator. And I, I use the word facilitator because when you, when you kind of make that distinction, teacher and facilitator, the roles are very different. So as a yes. teacher, I'm really hoping that there are some valid outcomes for my students when they come to an art class. So when I'm teaching the teen classes, I'm hoping that they learn and that they progress and they're proud to or excited to show their artwork. When a teen will come to an expressive art class or a meditative painting class, the focus is on the space how they feel in the space, setting up that space in a way that allows them to feel safe, to express whatever comes up. Very often the product is left behind and that they realize and they know in the middle of the class, in the beginning, middle and end, that's not why they came. Why they came is how they feel in the beginning, in the middle 
in the end. So it's, it's, um, it's process over product. And the expressive arts, and so I, I wear two hats so often. I'm so used to clarifying what we are going to experience. And so about 15 years ago, I really needed to make this distinction and the segue in my business because people were coming into my art classes, adults and teens, because I don't teach kids, because I bring a different co- uh, level of art when, I, when I'm uh, facilitating a space or teaching a class. And so I noticed the need for people to learn to express themselves with the arts. Uh, And so I developed programming and eventually in 2019 launched a teacher training program to teach others to do what I do because the the masses were coming and I just, I'm one person. So (laughs) there needed to be more people doing this. And so I love to teach that um, this is about um, how we feel and expressing how we feel and and so often uh words fail and we need to find tools to help us tap into become more aware of how we're feeling and be able to express that when you can express and are aware of how you're feeling then you can move into that next step whatever it is with a with a sense of confidence and uh, a greater awareness of of what you're bringing to the table whether it's for yourself or collaborating with others. So that would be the the broad view of the difference between an art class and the expressive arts experience. I really like the distinction and I agree there's a difference between training or teaching and facilitating. So in facilitating it truly is the experience of the person walking through and yeah it's easy to get confused when you do both. So I totally understand that. Uh, I appreciate that you made that distinction. The other thing you said that I think is key, and I'm sure it'd be key for the parents, is that not every teen, but adults either, can express themselves verbally or can put together the right words and sequence of words to express their feeling. So having art as a way to do that, I think is powerful. And I think in, at least in my experience, there have been times I've seen the art of others that I think was more profound than the words that they could ever create. So that's the second thing that I I think is exciting about expressive art and learning this. Um, So thank you for telling us the distinction, but really the power in it and what it can do for the person who's having the experience. So now that you brought up the distinction, that leads me to my second question, which is why is this distinction important for parents to understand when searching for a creative outlet for their teens? Um, I think this is probably where um, I have the most struggle because there's um, there's such a, a view of the arts you know, as in like um, when parents are looking for an outlet, it's really about the product, the growth. How is this going to help them progress in life or work towards a career or what college avenue they want to, um, you know, step into? And so, uh, which is which is phenomenal. We absolutely at our center um, value uh, teaching the skill of creativity and creating art, painting and drawing. Uh but especially now, uh, during and after the pandemic, tapping into tools that can help teens re- relate to each other in a different way um, and also tap into how they feel is so important. So it's up to me as the entrepreneur to clarify 
with the parent, what is it you're looking for? Because this is what we're offering. And so in our programs, um, in-person programs, uh, the teens that are looking for the social outlet as well as the skill building opportunity are in the same class. So it is a little tricky to facilitate the space in that way, but what it does is it helps them navigate the opportunities that art can provide that the parents would like them to explore, but also there's opportunities for them to um, hold space for each other as they express in different ways in safe space. So for instance, during any given teen class, uh, there is uh, maybe um, a feeling of stress that's being expressed, something to do with school that day. And um, our space is created in a way where someone is creating art and we help them sort of contain that zone they can stay in and and create and paint and they're provided instruction where at the same time the teen that's experiencing that stress can verbalize what they're feeling and then be guided to express that on canvas or paper and so you feel the sort of energetic uplift of wow there's something happening here and then use the tools that we're taught and we're offering to put that on paper. And then you, you always feel the sense of relief, the sense of connection and validation. Like they've been affirmed, like this was a rough day for you. I, I hear you and I see you. And now let's explore that on paper. And so they more times than not will have this opportunity to get to a different place through what they've created and they may throw it out. They may express, I hate what I just did. And then we, you know, and then there'll be some kind of a conversation, you know, of course we navigate some of the crunchy bunchy parts. Um, but for them, it wasn't about what they created. They were seen, they were heard, they expressed. And now it's not about the, you know, that, that lens in of this person said this, I feel that it's about how they moved through it and beyond it. So it's tricky, but you can do both in the same place. And what's important for parents to know is this, uh, it's not about the product where the arts are concerned, not always. And to really support the teen that says, I just don't know what I wanna do. Uh, And they doodle and you put them in an art class and they notice how they facilitate the space. Notice if everybody's doing the same thing. Notice if there's repetition, repetition, or if there is a space that's created for self-expression, for whatever comes up, and how the institution or teacher um, offers the teen and the parent ways to communicate how that went down and what the outcome was, Um, Because that piece of communication, especially where teens are concerned, is very important. Yes. So this is another question that comes up just listening to what you said. I like, here's one of the things that I like. You've got two types of students in the same space. And I would imagine that they feed off of each other's energy. Mm Because what someone is experiencing over there 
could be what I'm going through, but right now I'm just feeling a little bit shy to say it out loud or even to put paint on the paper yet because I really don't want anyone to see what's going on inside of me, especially if what's going on inside of me is a whole bunch of black and red just marks all over the canvas because that's what we feel like sometimes. And you're, you're very good at calming people, so I do want to say that. <laughs> and so in that space with those two types of students experiencing those things, do you find that they feed off of each other's energy, but that they're learning from each other and allowing each other without words to express what they do and then there's no judgment? Mm. Do you see that happening in the room when you've got those kinds of students? Every class. Absolutely. Every class. And that's okay. really the space we create. It, it starts with okay. setting up a classroom decorum, what's, uh, what acceptable classroom behavior and communication um, looks like. And so that's, that's spelled out. And, you know, we have to navigate that as facilitators as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this is taking me to the next question. Um, I really wanted to find out how art making can become a tool for self-care. But before we get to that question, when I'm trying to think, perhaps there's a parent who has this question. So my teen just had this experience with you in this class. They had an awful day or they had something that was emotional that they needed to get out. So they got this out and expressed it in their art. What happens when they go home or what happens and how can, how does the parent interact with the child after that's happened? You know, how do we facilitate a conversation about what they created or what they walk through in your art class? So how do I take what happened in that space and in that time, now we're going home, how do we process that out? How do they talk to their parent about it? Or how can we get a parent to ask the right question that can move us into that kind of conversation to find out really what happened and what did you just work through and how can I support you? Mm, Beautiful, beautiful question. Um, So just to clarify, not every class has, you know, this roller coaster experience going on. Uh, Most classes, uh, there's a sense of, I'm glad to be here. I just want to paint. And just a a lot of support um, and gratitude for having this outlet to just express. Um, The days that we have sort of this roller coaster experience, and I I have to say, coming back to in-person classes, um, because we've been running these teen programs for over 12 years. So, um, you know, and teens tend to stay for years uh, because there's this beautiful community connection. Um, very often, uh, parents will let us know when they're coming in with, with some concerns. Maybe a therapist has offered um, our uh, website to the parent as an additional outlet. So okay. uh, there's some communication. So they lean into the uh, mental health professionals when they have a concern. So that should be stated right right away. This is not therapy in any way, shape, or form. Right. Processing what comes up is therapy. So we don't process with them. We, we help them navigate the, the ability to use these tools to express. So if something comes up, generally we have a, we have a connection with the parents and we know that they have a team in place 
and there might be an email or maybe an in-person conversation during pickup, there is a little bit of a, a, a something, like a little hiccup okay. today. So you might want to have a conversation. And so we've built that bridge. And that way they know if they need more details, they can contact us. But we really do want to lean into the team and the parent to have that conversation so the parent can assess if it needs to be taken into therapy or if it's just a conversation where they need to be heard at home, like I had this, and the parent wants that piece of information, like what happened at, at an art class today. Um, so it's all about communication, bridging that gap, and making sure that the teen has that ability to say, I need more help than I have. Right, that's great, okay, that's great. And this is also something they can do and be encouraged to do in their own time when they're not with you, when they're not participating in one of your programs. So that's another great thing, you know, have their own little journal or their book or their little portfolio. When something happens, they start sketching or doodling wherever it is that they are to kind of work that thing out that's happening in that moment. This is powerful stuff. And I love art. So I, I love art and I love expressive expressing things that way at times so i'm loving this so now i'll get to the question i was going to ask you how is this expressive art then becoming a tool for self-care how can it be used because everything you've just said leads me to that this is a way for me to take care of myself yeah um well, I can bring in my own personal experience because it had all, it's always been, since I was a child, it's always been my go-to for stress, trauma, anxiety. It's always been in, integrated in my own, um, my own mental health care um, network. Um, so it's been an important part of my own self-care system my entire life. So I integrated into my business. Um, uh, and when words fail, uh, I don't know if it could get more hopeless than that. And I think that's something that, that a lot of people experience during the pandemic, during the lockdown, is a sense of uh, disconnection from what we're normally doing, from how we connect with other people. And so what I saw as a person in this field is the masses turning to the arts. So people already recognize this as a form of self-care, only they didn't look at it before then because maybe self-care wasn't a priority. And right. now that it's become this 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 word, <laughs> I mean, I've lived it. This is, <laughs> you know, I'm 51 years old and, you know, I've been using this since I was, I'd say about seven years old. I can remember my first interaction with paper and just writing something that didn't make any sense and I felt better. That's my earliest recollection. So to see the masses bring this level of, of awareness to a tool that I've always used is thrilling. Yes. And I, I believe what they realized is they hadn't been taking time to self-care. And yes, it's become a verb these days. <laughs> they haven't been taking time to self-care and Art became this accessible tool in quarantine, and I'm finally gonna do an art. I'm finally gonna play a, an instrument. I'm finally going to do this creative thing. But what I'm seeing now is, now that we're getting back to life, back to our daily routines, uh, people are putting them down again. So my hope in uh, speaking with you and getting more of these programs out there 
is to teach this one really important thing. There's nothing more important than self-care. And I really mean that. And I'm talking to parents. I'm talking to parents. If they aren't filling their cup, then imagine what they're bringing to the the dinner table to the children. So um, what I'd love to put in this question is self-care as a family, self-care for teens, self-care for ourselves, self-care for women. Imagine a moment where you're just frustrated and you have no idea why. Or life is really impacting you and you have no way of just slowing life down just to take a breath to be able to come at life yourself with this empowered voice. This kind of outlet in less than two minutes, and I'm completely serious, less than two minutes (laughs) can bring you back to your breath, bring you back to a greater sense of awareness of of how you're feeling. And imagine if you had those two things when you come home from work, the kids are home, dinner needs to be made, everything sounds crazy, the TV's on, the devices are on, and you just don't know how to bring the sense of calmness. Imagine if you had those two minutes before you walked in that door. It changes everything. It does. It changes everything. And I'm kind of laughing a little bit because it reminded me of what you walked me through before we started this recording. (laughs) And you're absolutely right. There are parents whose lives are full taking care of children, but sometimes taking care of parents who may be elderly. And so there are medical issues that come up. There's just so much. You're running your own business. There is just so much going on in the hour of the day that you have to do it the first thing that generally gets crossed off the list are the massages you used to get or the mindfulness taking time or just going out into the backyard listening to the birds taking some breaths and then coming back in so i i am guilty of that and before we recorded you had to kind of say let's just step back for a moment take some breaths Let's let things go, take in refreshing breaths. You just walk through that exercise and it grounds us and allows us to go to the next thing it is that we have to do. So I'm in agreement with you. We have put that down. Those that are busy tend to just cross off the things they used to do and just into the, let me get it done, let me get it done. Let me meet this deadline. Let me get this thing out of the way. So yes, I like the way you answered that and it's absolutely true. So my hope is yours, is that we start to revisit that because what we have for the child, we have to do ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the other part of it. It's a two-sided equation. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's so much more I want to talk about, but I, I, I we're down to the last question. Um, I really love what it is that you do, Sandra. And you know, the other thing is, as we talk, and my my opportunity to have some time with you outside of this recording is that your warmth comes through and your care comes through. So there's no, I get a clear picture of what you create in your space, and I think that's important to share too, because people want to know what the experience feels like and for me, I can get a taste of that by how you're answering the questions and just your, just your being. I, I feel it through the, through the screen. So I just wanted to say that. So now for my final question, and this is really focused on the teens. How can teens recognize what activities are beneficial for their individual needs and how can parents encourage that? Mm. That's a little bit more tricky 
parents, yeah. uh, teens, um, uh, it's, it's sort of a two-sided uh, question. Yes. Uh, there are teens that absolutely know, I love art. This is my path. I want to become an art teacher, an artist, uh, and the list goes on. And so there is that student that comes in with this sort of confidence of, um, I know what I want to learn. I just don't know where to start. So there's that student. There's that teen that comes in uh, with that confidence. And that's just, that feeds my heart <laughs> because <laughs> I've known since I was a child that I would do this. So, um, and, and, and then there's, there's the, the other. And I'll sort of set the stage to answer the question. Sure. So generally what I'll get is an email, phone call, or a stop into the center. Um, uh, my child is looking for art, or I need to look for something for my child. And uh, then they'll go down the list. Um, anxious and non-social and doesn't fit in anywhere. I don't know if this is a good fit. And there'll be this immediate fear of, am I making the wrong choice by putting them in an art class? Because A, they probably had a negative experience in an art studio, in an art class with a teacher who expects them to produce. Um, and so they already have that, you know, we have that barrier to, to cross with the teen, uh, which we navigate beautifully. Um, and the parent knows that. So they're a little fearful coming in the door. So they don't know what they're asking. We do. We know that there's some barriers with the teen, but there also is with the parent because they, they might be feeling helpless uh, because they don't know what they're asking for. And what they're really asking for in that situation is, uh, I'm looking for a safe place for my teen to kind of explore art in a place that's not going to dim their light. I like that. And that's exactly like that. what we provide. And so, and I described earlier what it's like to be in a teen class that has that duality. Um, and that's all in the facilitation. And it is a, it's an art to facilitate the space for that duality to, to happen in, in such a beautiful way. And it's really about them learning to navigate conversation among themselves, to use the arts when things get sort of, we like to say, crunchy-bunchy. Um, and we'll start a game, we'll do a doodle. Uh, we'll, you know, there's all these little games and tricks that we have that brings them back to the canvas. And that's where um, I'm a recovery coach. So that's where my certifications are. Okay. All right, so I'm not, I'm, I'm that bridge between mental health care and um, the arts, part of the uh, National Organization for the Arts and Healthcare System. Um, it's called NOAA, if parents wanna look that up. It's fascinating. Um, so that's where my background and training is to be able to do this kind of work and facilitation. Um, but your question is so important. I mean, it's probably the key question that you ask because parents, when they come to the door and they are of this duality of, I don't know what my teen needs and they kind of don't even want to be here. They don't, they're, they're resistant to anything right now. And I just need them in something. That's the teen that feeds our soul because we lean into the arts and this is evidenced based research benefits. So evidence proves that if we lean into the arts in this way, in this facilitation way, it is going to be beneficial in some way as long as the teen is open. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Yeah, that's a long one to answer, but it's good to know that there's an opportunity for them to figure it out. Just go in and see what happens, you know, just see how you respond to it. And I, I think that's the best way to tell what yeah. will work for you. And listen to your team. I mean, that's the yes, most important yes. part is once they've experienced a class or two, really hear what they're saying. Like, this is not for me. I'm done. Or, yeah, I guess it's okay, which interprets as give it another shot. <laughs> okay, yes. Oh, Sandra, thank you so much for being here. You have given us an awful lot of information. You have made the distinction between standard class, expressive class, how you can reach, how you create a space, the difference between teaching and facilitation. So all of this is great information and helps in decision-making when it comes to selecting that activity that's going to help the team through their anxiety, but it also builds self-esteem and it keeps them motivated to continue to do things and engage. So that's what's great about this. Now, the rest of you, if you want the opportunity to walk through Sandra's intro to creating self-care series which is a series of three videos three activities where you're actually alongside Sandra working those out and working through them it's an awesome hands-on experience if you're interested in that please upgrade now to our all-access VIP pass by clicking the yellow button at the top of the screen so that's your opportunity to go to the second session and get in depth and delve deeper into what that process feels like. Also, if you're interested in connecting with Sandra, learning more, getting an opportunity to experience her and her space, I want you to click the blue button below and that will link you directly to her. And then you can take a look at what she has to offer and think about those things for your own team. Thank you so much for being here and we look forward to seeing you in the next session. Sandra, thank you so much. Thank you for having me.